beyond the realm of human desire, there is a darkness. Well, that's why I'm with you. Because you say I for me. Love opens to absolutely unknown horizons. Isabella Johnny, the internationally acclaimed actress in her most explosive, controversial role. <laughs> Sam Neill, Heinz Bennett, two men, and a woman no man could ever possess. Special visual effects by Academy Award winner Carlo Rambaldi. Mortal terror. Inhuman ecstasy. Soon you will know the meaning of possession. VHS Cold. Canseco. Alright, first let's get into this long 14 pages I have about possession. And specifically just Heinrich. Heinrich von Heinrich. I assume that's I don't his, know his name. last name. No, it's definitely his name. <laughs> Something like that. He's a German guy. Um, before we get into possession, uh update the date watch. <laughs> I forgot about it until just now. <laughs> so that's the update. <laughs> <laughs> I got. Uh, I'll probably. Uh, I'm gonna send Grimes a DM on Twitter. Uh, Can you if... send her a DM? Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people have their DMs blocked, so you can't. I'm gonna send her a DM. Um, <laughs> see if she wants to go. I'll DM her on Instagram. You can do that no matter what. Okay. I'm gonna send her a DM somewhere somehow. Like, hey, want to go to the show with me? I'm gonna send her a carrier pigeon. Yeah, I'll let her know. And uh, that that's date watch. That's been a VHS cult date watch update. Yeah, I already told you before the podcast, uh, Rugby World Cup 2019. Yeah. It's happening. I've been trying to watch it, but it's on overnight. Judging by the amount of uh, audience we have in the U.S., I would guess no one cares. But I was ahead. thinking that because um, they're showing the games on like NBC. Sports? No, not even sports. Like It's something like NBC Olympic Gold. Or it's oh. like some fucking weird, channel. very tertiary channel <laughs> they have. <laughs> It's like what? It's the World Cup, though. Well, that's what I'm, doesn't CNBC show the uh, <laughs> NHL uh, playoffs? I, I remember know. watching the CNBC at one point. I just man, so the FIFA World Cup is on like major networks and yeah. shit now. And rugby World Cup, it's not rugby's way cooler than football. Uh-huh. Well, I don't think America agrees with you. I guess not. They like their football. They like their soccer. Rugby's way cooler. United States are even in the tournament this time. What? Yeah, they're getting, they're they're not gonna make it out of the group <laughs> stage. But. Didn't they win the first uh, rugby uh, Olympic gold the US did? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm pretty sure that's the story I remember reading. But yeah, <laughs> I was listening to some commentators about it, and they're like, "All right, so it's been about 20 years since the United States had a professional league in rugby, so this might be finally the time that the United States is." Approachably, kind of as good as some of the other teams. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, mm, mm, 
I don't remember what group they're in. I think they're in Group C, uh, which includes like France and Argentina and stuff. France. So like, they're definitely not gonna make it out of the group stage. Everyone's like, oh, it's gonna be uh, England, South Africa, or New Zealand, maybe Australia. You rooting for the boys in green? Yeah, Ireland, man, they're number one in the world. Like, why is what, we get no respect? <laughs> no respect. That's, no that respect. seems to uh, track with everything I know about Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I stayed up last night to watch them thoroughly trounce the Scots. As it should be. Yeah. And then see all the uh, Irish Simpson memes that were getting posted about it. <laughs> uh, that's Rugby Watch. Take care of Rugby Watch. Now we can talk about possession. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I watched uh, American Horror Story. The first um, episode. Yeah. Um, I, we talked about it a little bit, I think. It's, I thought we were talking about it off air, but I can't remember. Uh, well, yeah, probably off air because I think it was just like Tuesday that it was on or yeah. Wednesday. It's the same as every American Horror Story, I think, where it starts off with a strong premise, and you're like, well, maybe this season they'll get it right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually think this premise is that, that strong. It seems like they've introduced two serial killers with right no, away with no mystery surrounding them at all. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the one kind of... I think the gonna, Night Stalker kind of has... Everyone some, knows who the Night Stalker is, right? It's, yeah. You know? So that's fine. And also, I think they're... He'll probably not be in it for very long. I don't know. The problem is, American Horror Story, the writing is <laughs> such round a mess. Robin, right? We talked about this. It's such a mess. If you've ever read the DC Challenges comic book, <laughs> this uh, show is written the same way. Yeah, so I don't imagine it'll actually be that good. Every season is just uh, interesting concept. The they got like a strong aesthetic. The music's good. And you're like, all right, maybe this time. And then now uh, it just falls apart after like two or three episodes. Yeah, usually for like the third episode is where it starts to. And that's the problem is they take really specific niche like horror tropes and try to build like what like ten episodes, thirteen yeah, episodes. Yeah, it's weird to try There's to build enough. a uh, ten episode series out of a slasher movie. Well, basically they're making Friday the Thirteenth, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought the it was first sleep- one. I thought it was Sleepaway Camp. I thought Amber <laughs> Roberts was gonna have a penis at the end of well, this. Maybe the, I mean Sleepaway Camp might come in there too, <laughs> but basically it's yeah the late seventies into ninety slasher movies, but. There's barely enough content in Friday the Thirteenth to get to eighty minutes. I don't know how it's gonna work for ten hours. <laughs> what do you mean they made ten of those movies? They're just gonna have to keep introducing new characters like every other episode. I guess American Horror Story would be happy to do that. <laughs> yeah, and also resurrect weird. characters that died in our previous. Episode. There's gonna be weird like musical numbers in it too that are really anachronistic. I'm sure they like doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily. You're listening to a podcast about good horror movies and good content. So we watched Possession. Possession is one of those movies that uh, I think like only the person who made it actually understands exactly what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to go through my bullet points from last time? Yeah. I have a couple of regrets. Okay. Uh, first one. That was a weird one. Yeah. Um, the, the strangest take on divorce and infidelity that, that I think I've, I've seen. Um, I feel like the whole movie is kind of a metaphor for that. In a way. Well, he was writing it during a divorce and also while he... This is like the second time he was exiled from Poland, so... it's That's all there for him. <laughs> yeah. He's having a bad time. Uh, What movie did they think they were making? He knew exactly what he was making. Yeah, I don't... Does it, did he? It feels like there's a bunch of cuts to the story that uh, he made the wrong choice. And I guess I, I don't know if he edited it or not, but it just doesn't seem like it's... Oh, there are some spicy cuts in it, yeah. Yeah, like some weird choices, I think. Cut wise, uh, what was my other? I think that was my other note too. Oh, he should have killed Heinrich just for being a douche. 
and uh, there's a lot of character work done while covered in blood. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's like, real everybody life. in this movie also is super fucking odd. Like even the ancillary secondary characters are just mm-hmm. off. Well, it exists off-beat. in like its own like weird. Yeah, dimension. Like, its own like, weird mm-hmm. West Berlin. This is Andre. Zulaski. Andre Zulaski. He's a very famous Polish auteur. This is his only English language film. I actually met him one time. Did you punch him? Um, no. It was um, something for like the ASU. They were uh, hosting some film festival where they were just showing his films. And like we couldn't get in to one of his other movies. Uh-huh. And like he was outside talking to... A professor that my girlfriend at the time knew. And he's like, oh, sorry about it. And shook his hand. I was like, oh, I really like Possession. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of it. Oh, I did write some, down some quotes. Oh, he's also dead now. Well, I would assume so, but it's 30 years ago. Well, I only met him like 10 years ago. But he died three years ago. It should have been like, see you in hell, dead man. <laughs> if only I would have known at the time. I wrote down my favorite quotes. Uh. I certainly love your coffee, and my pleasure, sir. I love just what love the way the taxi driver delivers that line. My pleasure, sir. Do you love the scene where um they meet in the cafe and <laughs> start yelling at each other? Yeah, and throwing chairs everywhere and shit. <laughs> it's fucking uncomfortable. It, I was like, man, this is Berlin, huh? <laughs> Everyone's just used to this shit. Fucking. Yeah, because this goes on a long time before anybody tries to stop them. Mm, and then like the entire like kitchen staff comes out <laughs> to stop Sam Neil. Well, he is like a um, German spy. Yeah, he's a spy for West Germany of some kind. After the Pink Sock Man, who shows up at the end. He's some, some Pink Sock Man some sort of bureaucrat. We guess. Speaking of which, his film stars Sam Neill, who famously, I guess most people Dr. know him from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Or that dumb fucking turn of the century crime show with Killian Murphy. Oh, I didn't watch it. What is it? Mm. Peaky Blinders. Ah, he's in that. Yeah, well, I think in the beginning, he right? Makes, Sam Neill makes uh, interesting choices for his acting. Well, my friend, he was born in Northern Ireland and moved to New Zealand when he was quite young, and he plays a Northern Irish investigator who's after the Peaky Blinders. Or something. I don't know. I remember I tried to watch the first season. I was like. They should call this show fucking The Dookie Eaters. (laughs) It tells me nothing about it, but okay. It's just not very good. It's like a show for people who think like wearing a t-shirt with a waistcoat and a flat cap is a cool look. You know what I mean? Sort of, I guess. It's like a a variation of the neck beard. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, it's just a weird like hyper masculinity like, oh, wasn't crime so beautiful back then? Fuck you, crime's beautiful today. <laughs> anyway, Sam Neill's in it. He's Jurassic Park man. He said this is one of his favorite films that he's made. I can, I mean, I, he gets to chew up the scenery a lot, so I can see why. Mm. I mean, it was definitely like fun for him. There's some, uh, some. It's not a popular movie, so we haven't seen a lot of this, but there's some gifable, memeable stuff in here, especially like when Sam Neill's in the fucking rocking chair. Yeah, and it's going. He's so <laughs> extreme with it. Uh, it's uh, actually gotten quite a bit more popularity in the last few years. I feel like I still feel like it's like it's definitely a cult. Film. Oh, it's definitely a cult film, but it's like even the cult around it didn't really manifest until like the last like five ten years. Probably people kind of rediscovered it. 
I don't say claimed I can see at it's the one time, of those one that it's like, but like you know, critics at the time were like, "This is pretty interesting." What did Roger Ebert think of it? I thought he loved that shit. Um, I was trying to find his review of it, but it just led me to someone else's review on his website when they finally released the original uncut version in 2012. Uh-huh. So Ebert probably saw like the original American release version, which has like a lot of the fun stuff cut out of him. I don't know what version I saw. You definitely saw like the updated version i think oh, okay. it's two hours so mm-hmm. it was the, the um, thing. it feels like for the runtime there's still some stuff missing no nah, i don't know i i just it's like they like it really um disarms you because it is like a different world almost and like i feel like if he were to add more to it it would just end up like over explaining the situation. I think there needs to be like an air of Well, here's the thing. It. I don't know that I don't I'm not talking about necessarily even like the, the shit with the wife and the demon potential demon mm-hmm. hell thing. I'm I'm talking more about like Sam Neill and uh his his job and his work. Like why do those why does his the, those guys show up at the end of the movie? Like the finale to me makes no sense in context with the rest of the movie. Like it turns into a little action chase scene Mm-hmm. And there's explosions, but why? Well, it's like three different movies, right? right? But the two of the movies make sense, and one doesn't. I think the ending makes relative sense. It's just like killing people and covering up crimes for his wife, who's killing people. And he only really killed one person. Yeah, he only killed Heinrich, really. Right. We gotta talk about the actual star of the film, though. All right, which is Isabella Adriani. She's a French actress, um, mostly did a lot of French films, but she's a very celebrated actress. I got a quote here from her about the making of the film. And, uh, I mean, when you watch the movie, it'll make sense. <clears throat> Possession is only the type of film you can do when you are young. He is a director that makes you sink into his world of darkness and his demons. It was okay when you're young because you're excited to go there. His movies are very special, but they totally focus on women, as if they are lilies. It was quite an amazing film to do, but I got bruised inside out. It was exciting to do. It was no bones broken, but it was like, how or why did I do that? I don't think any other actress ever did two films with them. She... Making this film was particularly arduous for her. I mean, shock and awe. Have you, you've seen the movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> so I'd like to juxtapose that with Sam Neill, who said it's one of his favorite movies and he had a good time making it. <laughs> because... Um, well, I mean, he... But again, like, there's a lot of good shit in there for an well, actor, but thing. the actor shit is not very fun. Yeah, here's the thing is, Sam Neill's in there just playing, like, kind of a dick scorned lover like fragile white man right to the scenery but he mostly just has conversations and shit right right she's fucking going from euphoric hysterics to complete hysterics <laughs> writhing around on the ground <laughs> being crazy murdering people right having like weird sex. Mo- like <laughs> yeah molested by fucking puppets and you know what i mean it's like a fucking way different movie for her than it was for sam, sam Neil. Neil, yeah and that reminded me of um the Shining. That's you know, true of like a lot of these horror movies too, especially ones that yeah they torture women, women yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, like I was, The Shining. I was gonna bring up because uh, the content of the film it it doesn't necessarily require Shelley Duvall to be tormented and stuff, but for some reason to get elicit the right reaction he wanted, Stanley Kubrick basically tormented her nonstop the entire film. Sounds like Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, it's I don't know. It seems like. She didn't ever really get over it. Like, he kind of 
fucked her up. Fucked her up, yeah. And I, I mean, I think that that's possible, but I don't know. She's like this shit. That's the thing is these uh, auteurs, as they're often called, the painstakingly original full control filmmakers like Kubrick and Zalowski are. They do like cause other people to suffer for their own vision. You know what I mean? It's a I don't know. It's kind of unhealthy when you think about it, right? Because it's just you're suffering from my art. Yeah, I mean, I guess in certain extent you can argue that it's the actress's art too. But when you have the actress come out and say you know shit like that, you it's makes you think that uh, you know maybe not worth it. I mean, it's like well, so you want to get your film made, you you think it's important, and you want other people to experience it. This like experience whatever your experience whatever led you to make this you want other people to see it and stuff it's like, well you gotta have participants and she read the screenplay before she signed up probably you know so she's kind of yeah, consented but you know, that's to that's a little it, but different like, than you don't know what the director's gonna be like and what the oh right i think the stanley kubrick and the shining thing is complete actually rather different wherein like i said the content of the film wouldn't turn very many actresses away it's just like, can you imagine your boss like berating you for ten hours a day for weeks on end? Mm-hmm. And that's what Stanley Kubrick did. That's just like, you're a fucking asshole, man. <laughs> <laughs> no one stopped him. <laughs> so it was a little bit different, but I did want to bring it up because uh, she does a great job in this movie. But it's hard to imagine having to do that work. I know a lot of people like try to tend to like shit on actors and actresses like oh it's an easy job blah, blah. well yeah no, sometimes it's sometimes not. it's a super easy job uh you know what i mean it's the, what seth rogan has to do and like knocked up is not hard no uh, but uh her role in this movie is a little bit different yeah at least just like excruciating torment in a lot of scenes like even scenes where she's not being physically tormented or anything just like she's supposed to have some sort of mental anguish yeah she's how do you convey that right yeah she just seems in pain throughout most of the movie and that brings me to my next question for you would you help cover up your wife's murders in this situation yeah fuck no well why not (laughs) what do you mean why would i because she's got to protect those demons (laughs) i mean first of all if this was like happening in real life then when i came home and first of all i wouldn't go on a three-week bender and then not see my kid like i don't relate to sam neill in this situation at all um but if I came home and like the kid had been left alone for days on end and I like I had to take over like then and then she came home and started ranting at me and being crazy. She's getting 5150. Not here in Arizona, <laughs> but in California, no problem. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, she's talking about bitches behind wallpapers and shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, she's a little bit crazy. And a little bit. <laughs> the nature of her crimes are pretty crazy, but I don't know. I'd probably still help her out because like. I would want to like. What's the end goal here? Is this like the end time? Because <laughs> <laughs> like she doesn't. Like, Sam Neill really has no indication that there's any like weird occult shit going on. Well, he doesn't have any idea what's going on at all because right, he's a, just like seems, an absentee. Yeah, she. Well, he's not. He had a he had a job that t- took him away from the house. Yeah. When when I meant like in the con- when he gets home, he still has no context of what's going on with her. She doesn't know. He doesn't know that there's like weird occult shit or 
Satanism shit going on. I don't even know if that's what it is because it doesn't. Yeah, there's, they, they kind of do a little bit with you know, the with Christ, but whatever. Yeah, when she's in the church talking to Christ, but yeah, and then she has know. her strawberry cheesecake abortion or miscarriage. Yeah, that's that's a little bit later. I thought it was more like, um, oh, she's having a RoboCop abortion. <laughs> you know, RoboCop's Robo got his like milk for blood. <laughs> I, so no, I wouldn't help her cover up the murders. I totally lost my train of thought. If if I came home, she's just is so erratic that I would assume she's on drugs or something. Yeah, but drugs are cool. I mean, she's obviously not handling it correctly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doing drugs doesn't make you cool, but not doing drugs can make you pretty boring. <laughs> That's a tip from your old cult leader, because I, I, well, I guess what I'm getting at is she's done too many drugs, and she's can she's doing them too often. Uh, I mean, as the film descends into madness, yeah. Know, I mean, the first part, of the the film itself, of the first forty minutes, it's just like a it's a movie about divorce. Yeah, it's just and, a uh, domestic dissolution drama. of of love. Yeah, and. uh I mean, I was like, every time I watched this movie, uh, before like the descent into madness, so like the first act when it's a completely different movie, really, I'm always just like, yeah, Sam Neill, you kind of fucking suck. Um, I think it's illustrated really well, and th- that's the reason why the film's called Possession. It, well, I guess double meaning because she's possessed <gasps> some demonic possession, but also because Sam Neill treats her as a possession. Well, everybody treats her as a possession. Heinrich treats yeah. her as a possession. Right, and uh, it's. I think like, that's actually kind of her going back to her quote in the movie is that you know women are treated like you know, fragile lilies, mm. women are treated like possessions. Yeah, but uh, uh, Zelowski's like uh, specifically addressing that in this film. There's a lot of him. I'm assuming him trying to reconcile his own behavior through the divorce and that sort of thing, and his own like bad masculine traits and jealousy, possessive nature. And that sort of thing, because he's he has a quote where he's talking about like one of the toxic elements of love is possession. And it's like, yeah, I guess that's an interesting thought. So at the beginning of the movie, every time I watch it, I'm not trying to say like I'm the best like partner or lover of all time. I'm not like an angel or anything, but at the beginning of the movie, it, it always is kind of like fucking Sam Neil, you suck. And it's really well encapsulated in like absolute very beginning of the film he gets home and they show him in bed together after she couldn't decide if she wanted to let him in or not blah blah, blah. and she's on the fucking very edge of the bed and he's crowded right next to her and you're like fucking do they have a twin bed or something but then the camera pans over and you see that he's uh-huh. fucking just crowded her to the edge it's not giving her any space and you're like come on to you sam neil <laughs> you toxic man you well, yeah, I guess. I mean, she lies to him the entire time, too, so it's not like she's a great person. Yeah, I guess I just um, always favor powerful uh, uterine energy <laughs> of women, because it's just like, fucking, yeah, let her be, Sam. Come on, man. It's also because he's like a dorky wiener in the movie. <laughs> so I'm just like, until you meet Heinrich, and then you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand I don't, this at all. <laughs> I, I don't trust her taste in men at all. <laughs> but at first, you're like, yeah, why would you be with this dorky wiener? This fucking cop. Yeah, so at the beginning of the movie, uh, it is just the, oh, it's a domestic affair. You can kind of see both sides, obviously. I don't know, to me, Sam Neill just kind of sucks at first. And especially when he's like, oh, I'm just not going to see Bob anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like, man, you're a fucking asshole. And that's why she freaks out in that scene, really. Uh, because we don't know that she's crazy in other ways yet. Yeah, because she needed him to take care of Bob so she could be with the demon boy. <laughs> yeah, but it's also in the, before you realize that you're just like, yeah, he's fucking yeah, 
he is being an asshole. It's rightful for her to be like, you're just not going to see your fucking son anymore? You piece of shit, you goddamn cop. <laughs> and then he beats her too, like all cops beat their wives. <laughs> no, Kyle. Just like 80%. 40% of police admit is it 40? to... I thought it was... Arrest. Well, yeah, 40% admit, but I'm pretty sure there's uh, some research that says it's closer to like 80%. But whatever. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's most of them. They just get the best of the best, you know? They get fucking... Thin blue line. Scum class traitors to ruin interpersonal relationships and other people among their classes' lives to protect the property of... <laughs> I, I, man, we gotta stop going on these like, fucking far-left rants. Okay, we're not, we? <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> we're not ever gonna I get... I keep myself in control. <laughs> we're not ever gonna get sponsors or any of that shit. I don't care about sponsors, really, though. I think I'd rather... No, nah, I need that Casper Mastress. They're all the same underwear. I don't give a shit about no, your Modell fabric. Micromodal prevents you from getting dookie stains. No, it's still going to be dookie stains. It's actually, the grip on it's so good, it gets in there and pulls dookie right out of you. It's <laughs> nothing but dookie stains in there. You get these fanciful designs like slices of pizza. Do they have dookie? Dookie on your dookie drawers. Uh, I bet they have like a dookie one. I like a nice dark colored uh, underwear so I don't see my dookie stands. I just like wear underwear as least amount of time as possible. <laughs> Underwear's for chumps. Wearing clothes for chumps. Animals don't wear underpants. Quite later on in the film where I, we as the audience are kind of aware at this point of everything. Of, the extent of her demonic loving, mm-hmm. but uh, Sam Neill doesn't know yet. And she like comes to visit. And they're sitting on the couch, and he's trying to have a calm, rational conversation. Even though fucking everything he does in this movie is still like so menacing. You know what I mean? Like he, there's like this weird intensity to him. Where well, he's like, got this fuck, like man? yeah. He's like he's always. Well, he like, seems crazy too. Uh-huh. Well, well, it goes back to everything. What I said at the beginning. Like, everybody in this movie seems odd as shit. Mm-hmm. Even though the neighbor Marjorie is weird. Yes. Yes, she is. <laughs> oh, I love to see you down. Yeah. But then he, he wakes her up later and they like hug. Yeah. Presumably. And get it on. Yeah. But so it's the same scene where she she tells him, him about uh, the Robocop abortion. But leading up to it, even before that, he like says, says, when I look at her now, you seem vulgar to me. And I was like, oof. Ah. It's like an intense thing to say. And I was thinking, um, my most recent ex, when we broke up, we, like ran into each other like a couple weeks later at a party or whatever. And it was just, you know, there's bad feelings at the time, right? Because no breakups are ever that great. Yeah. And like, I was pretty drunk and she, I don't know, like, just like came up to say something to me and like, I didn't really hear and I was drunk and I thought like, my intention, I believe, at the time was like I was gonna, I was like giving her a stank face and like kind of shrugging because like the party to imply the party you're at was kind of weird, uh-huh. but like she misinterpreted it like I was just like mean to her, mad at her or whatever, like dismissing her as like a human being or whatever. And but like you said, I was drunk. I don't know. It probably didn't come across very well, and things were pretty intense at the time. And I remember she texted me about it later. About how upset she was, and she's like, "Yeah, I know. I understand. We broke up, and you're upset, blah blah." blah. But like, it made me feel like I was vulgar or something, and I was like, "Ooh, ugh." So that scene, the last couple times I watched this movie, it reminds me of that. 
And so it always like disturbs me a little bit because that's like a really intense thing to say to someone that you're like bonded with. You know what I mean? So, you know, you're vulgar to me. You just got to develop that calloused heart as soon as it's over. And then you just laugh. Ha ha! You're vulgar. <laughs> nah, it's all good now. We're still friends. I still love her a lot. She's a good person. I don't know. That's sad to think about. And that's why I started drinking again. Crack open the chiladas, boys. All these movies we keep watching. I'm just like, man. Fuck You're the man. one that picked these. Need a chilada. I wanted to watch Never Ending Story. Never, we're getting to never end story. <laughs> we just got to make it through the spooky season. Somehow, some way, we got to soldier on to get through all these spooky movies I'm, that I I'm, chose and love. <laughs> I'm a little excited. I'm going to make the kids watch it with me. I'm excited to see if they like it as much as I did when I was their age. I remember not. I remember it not holding up the last time I watched it. I remember it. when I was a kid, I didn't even like it that much except for Falcor. He's the coolest. Yeah, but any other scene in it, I was like, I don't care. You got fucking no Jim Henson creations in this shit. <laughs> So they got like rock people, or is that not until the later ones? No, I think that's the one, the first one. And one of them has Jack Black. That's like never any story like four. Or yeah, <laughs> Jacob Blackab. <clears throat> I'd like to see them remake Possession with Jack Black as the woman character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> or maybe he could play Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Why is their son just named Bob? <laughs> that was a, maybe it's a popular name. Eighty-one. That, uh, when I was watching the movie, it reminded me that uh, the kid's school, there's a, a, a little boy who goes by Frank. Hmm. <laughs> it seems like such an old man named him. It does, yeah. And he gets upset if you call him, like, Frankie. He's like, nah, it's Frank. <laughs> hey, get, let me get one of them boys because it's me, Frank. <laughs> hey, it's Frank over here. Hey, Frank, What you know through. you call me Frankie, you piece of shit? It's Frank. I'll cut you. <laughs> yeah, that is like a Frank. <laughs> On top of him being a child, and they're like, why would a child go by Bob? It's also, his mother's French, and clearly French, because it's not like she changes her accent or anything. Yeah. Uh, her, his father is English? British, <laughs> I guess. I mean, we know he's he's a Kiwi, but he's doing more of a British accent. Uh, why would he just be named Bob? Because <laughs> <laughs> Bob, Bob's a good English name. <laughs> Bob. And uh, the child has an absolute, like, fucking North, North London accent. <laughs> Just a little inconsistent. Oh, what is going on, Moff? Moff, run off of a man named Franklin. Oh, Hankwin. Oh, Henrik. Henrik, you give me a sailboat, father. Father, give me a sailboat. Teacher, <laughs> school looks just like mom. Really confusing to me. It makes me cry. Yeah, it's weird that the kid never mentioned that before, huh? Yeah. You think he'd be like, what the fuck? Also, obviously, so that's one of her demon clones. The school teachers. Because they all have green eyes. Um, but that must have been like one of the first early on demon clones. But how recently did she install her into the post of being a tutor at that school or a teacher? And how did she get the credentials to let her be a teacher? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what's the thing that she's a demon clone created by? I can't remember the mom's name. Uh, Anna. Anna. Thank you. Uh, um, by Anna. I always, I kind of assumed that it was created by someone else. Like, I don't know. Well, she, all the demons turn into clones of people in her life. Like she, but we did. Well, we only see one demon clone, right? The well, we see Sam Neill's character and yeah. Margie at the end. We see Margie's demon. Yeah, because Margie's dead. Remember, and I don't killed remember. her. Uh huh. That's the body he was trying to hide. Yeah, yeah, the I know that. And at the very end of the movie, uh, Sam Neill and Anna get shot up. Uh, the Sam Neill clone miraculously doesn't get hit. Yeah, he continues walking upwards. He runs into Margie clone. Tell me all- 
That's not a Margie clone. Yeah, she's still got the boot on her foot. Isn't it just some woman in the apartment they're in I, that he like somehow it's not a clone yeah there's a Mar- i don't think you, i think you're missing i think you remember this the woman he gets a gun to yeah it's just some woman in the apartment it's not margie why does she uh shoot everyone because he's like a magic man he hypnotizes her he's a son of satan why does she got a boot on her foot so? i don't fucking know it's not margie though go back and read it let's check it out <laughs> how many times have you seen this movie mm, like five <laughs> yeah it's played by a completely different actress she has a club foot though she's listed as a woman with club foot Damn, that's crazy. I always just thought it was another Margie clone. Nope. I think it's just the woman that opens the door because she hears the gunfire, and then he's like, I'm a magic man. Shoot these people, baby. Weird. Oh, I guess because maybe he's like the, yeah, he would be a magic man because he's like the Antichrist. Or right, whatever. and then when he goes to pick up the kid, the bomb's growing off. Yeah, because, oh no, it's finally happening. Then times. I like kids, Bob's, Bob's like, all right, time to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, don't open the door. Don't open the door. Don't open it. And he's just running upstairs. He's like, time is round. <laughs> and he's looking. I like the, uh, well, all the camera work in this movie is amazing. Um, it's pretty good most of the time. There's a couple times where it veers into give Sean nausea territory. Oh, because of the handheld stuff? Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Not everyone's a wimp like you. <laughs> you wimp with your uh, vertigo, motion vertigo. sickness. I don't know. <laughs> vertigo is heights. Yeah, I like the camera work a lot in this movie. It's really good. It's a very beautifully shot film, even though it's like drab and gray because, you know, it's Berlin. They still do a lot with that. And then uh, specifically, I wanted to bring up the shot where Bob gets up and he's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. And the camera pans around and you see the clone like leaning onto like the glass door. And he's uh-huh. like, man, what a spook him he is. <laughs> and obviously the teacher would have to be another spooky clone because she's like hell yeah i'm gonna let in this creep well and she pauses at the door though when all the stuff stuff's going off and the last scene is just her staring into the hallway and then the uh, sam neil clone is like pressed against the door behind her but not inside yeah yet. but she's just making sure she gets her body ready so they can copulate <laughs> copulate it's like a key master gatekeeper situation mm-hmm. uh, i i kind of thought that maybe like this was because there was a at the very beginning of the movie um the fuck is sam neil character's name Oh, Peter? Yeah, I think it's Pete. Peter. Yeah. Pete. Well, I'm going to call him Petey. So anyways, Petey and Anna are in the bed. This is the scene you're talking about mm-hmm. uh, where he's way too close and she wants space. Although, you know, if you want space, maybe don't sit next to him naked. Send him mixed signals. But he's, Are they naked? Yeah, but it looks like they like, sleep naked yeah, in general. True. Well, I mean, he sleeps naked with the, the teacher later on, too, which is a weird scene. It's... it's it's like, I just met you, let's, let's fuck. It's kind of like a mirroring of the other scene. Yeah. Because the teacher clone is lady is a mirror of, the... mirror of his wife, and she she seems to be the more... A more Stable? Or she, well, so when she's talking about the abortion she has, she's like, all right, so Sister Faith was yeah. who I aborted, and all this other sister chance, and I have to take care of Sister Faith. So I think the idea is that it's like another half of her, mm-hmm. like the more open... Um, faithful traditional values kind of half of her you know mm-hmm. presumably that's not stated outright but that seems to be the case and then, so that scene mirrors it because it's like more wholesome or like she's like oh i'm here for you and bob we can listen for him together you know and it's not immediately sexual or possessive she can it's make just, love to me if you want <laughs> yeah so it's yeah it's i think it's supposed to be the, the like distorted mirror version of the first scene but yeah just because um, someone sleeps naked next to you doesn't mean they want to get banged out. 
they need you up all up on them. I'm just saying that the the whole situation is is weird. If you want space and distance, you're not sure if you want him back in the house. Mm-hmm. Why are you sleeping in the same bed with him naked? Well, I mean, because it's some, a con- you don't know what you want sometimes, right? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I don't, yeah, but that doesn't immediately give Sam Na- Neil like carte blanche to just like, all right, I'm just gonna bother you nonstop while I'm here. He wasn't even bothering her. They were in the fucking bed talking. What do you mean? Well, no, I'm mean specifically that he's crowding her shit. Like, who the fuck sleeps like that anyway? <laughs> like, doesn't he need his own space? <laughs> they're not. I mean, they're not sleeping though. That's the point. Yeah, but like sleeping with my girlfriends. Well, I mean, if you're like already cuddling and stuff, yeah. But yeah, like, but I mean, like, this are not. They're not going down to like to have like a normal. We're like, like, hey, it's bedtime. We're going to sleep. It's like they have this. They have this weird conversation. They've mm-hmm. clearly been fighting, and um, they go to bed together and they're still talking. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's that weird that he's that close. I mean, it's specifically framed so that it does showcase that he's invading her space. Though I guess. Yeah, I mean, he is, but at the same time. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem that strange to me. I guess it's not as strange as a lot of the other stuff in the movie. or Yeah, like there's way but, um, weirder shit. For me, up. I guess it's just because like imagining it from being like, fucking annoying. Like, get away from me, Sam Neill. <laughs> like, that would piss me off so bad if someone was doing that to me. I'd be like, get out of here, you little wimpy Sam Neill. <laughs> you're, not the, you're not the size of a rugby player. I'll throw you out the window. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be gone, Sam Neill. You're too little. Yeah. He fought a dinosaur. He didn't fight no goddamn dinosaur. He fought a dinosaur. He's fought several dinosaurs. He just ran from dinosaurs. two movies. He just ran from dinosaurs. That movie should have just been called Running from Dinosaurs. Story of Dr. Grant slash Sam Neill. (laughs) The biopic of Sam Neill running from dinosaurs. Running from the conflict in Northern Ireland as a (laughs) six-year-old. The wimp. (laughs) Man, fucking tentacle monsters. Am I right? (laughs) Yeah. Japanese stole this one. I think maybe Japan probably was already uh, had you some. You think by anyone they had some tentacle monsters? I maybe think Japan's probably had, had tentacle, tentacle monsters for a long time. Uh huh. Because they, uh, they 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 love the octopus. Their culture is squids. yeah. It spends a lot of time with tentacles in other ways. You know, like, <laughs> like eating them. Um, uh, not always having sex. Mostly eating them or having sex with them. I guess. <laughs> what else can you do with a tentacle? Really? I watch them have a good time. It's cool to watch octopuses and stuff. You don't always have to eat them or fuck them. I don't. I don't. I don't track unless it's Davy Jones. Then you gotta <laughs> fuck him and eat him. <coughs> what is it in Greek mythology? Eros and Thanatos are brothers. Sex and death, uh-huh. or Eros is lust or love or whatever. So sex and death are constantly associated with each other, right? It's a philosophical concept a lot of people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's even orgasm in French is la la petite mort, the little death, right? So, uh, sex and death. What do you do? You think this film is about the nature of sex and death to a certain extent? Maybe. Well, because there's um, she seems to have like exquisite euphoria in like some of the murders and stuff, and she then has like sex with the tentacle monster afterwards. Right. So it's like, is she getting powered up by the murder, and then therefore the power is being leashed out of her by the demon? Obviously, none of this is addressed in the film because it's all mysterious. Why would they right, give you, right. like, no one knows how the devil operates. So we don't know the steps. We don't even know if it's the devil. She makes a lot of allusions to be maybe God. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is. Well, I don't know. Who knows? She talks to Jesus, buff Jesus. divine or some shit. In her mind, it is, right? That's what she seems to. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, she might not be wrong. That's the thing is, uh, I mean, we're approaching the point where we'll be able to create life without women. But for a long time, only thing that create life was women. So women are kind of uh, divine, right? Sure. I mean, we understand the <laughs> scientific and biology of it now, but it's easy to understand why there's like divinity associated with women throughout human history. Yeah. Right? Um, that's been manipulated and changed to have power over women, which is pretty shitty. But it's like the divinity of creation. So to her, it's divine no matter what you would think, right? So even if it is... But I mean, on the other hand, she's not really creating anything in this situation anyways. Well, yeah, she is. Where do the demons come from? She gives birth to him. Does she? Because she's having sex with it. And it seems like it's draining power from her. I don't know. I to just... create it. So, I don't know. I mean, again, we don't go into any of this part. Yeah. So you're, I, I feel like you're... My something may not be there. Maybe, but then where did the demon come from? I don't know. Well, I don't guess know. She maybe just found the demon. Heinrich opened her mind to all sorts of possibilities and shit. Remember? Yeah, because he had drugs. Yeah. He had like a fucking little packet of dust. Is it heroin? I couldn't figure. I thought it was heroin. He took got it from India. Is that what he said? Yeah, and he said, oh, it's going to make sex so wonderful and harmonious. Is like, like heroin? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, what is that powder? Weed? Uh, it's ecstasy. Do they have it back then? Well, 81, yeah, for sure they did. But why would you go to India to get it? Berlin would be the place to get it out right anyways. <laughs> what the fuck? It's angel dust. Does angel dust come from India? Everything comes from India. The cradle of the world. That's like what some dumb middle class white person would say that doesn't like understand. They just think <laughs> of geographic yeah, the, 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 mi- <laughs> the mystic orient. I'm going to go to India to discover myself. What? They have more than one religion here? This is garbage. <laughs> Not for long. I'm, I guess they'll probably go after the Sikhs too, huh? Everyone else confuses them for Muslims anyways. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. You're a sh- You're a sheik? I don't give a damn about no sheik. <laughs> oh, People God. actually think you said sheik, I'm sure. Man, the world's a fucked up place. But you know what isn't? Hmm. Possession. Makes perfect sense. Makes sense do, to me. Seriously, let's talk about the spy movie inside of the the other two movies. Oh, all right. Because it makes no fucking sense. Right. That's the part of the movie I'm angry about. Oh, I don't care because it's just like some set dressing for why he's absentee all the time. Yeah, but well, no, it's not because they also use it in the climax of the movie to finish everything off. Yeah, they, he was just reusing actors so he didn't have to hire extras I'm for... Just, my, I guess my thing, thing, feeling for this is um, it's fine to use it as set dressing, just don't, then don't bring it back for the climax because you're... I mean, it doesn't come back to in any relevancy for the climax. Yeah, because they're trying. Are they investigating the wife? Are they trying to pin murder- murders on her or him so that he's like coerced to come back to the spy operation? Yeah, I, I guess. just want a little bit more. Well, I wasn't too concerned with it. I was like, all right, let's just get to the because they they're at the very beginning of the movie. They disappear for the entire movie, and they're all of a sudden back at the end. It bothers me. I think it was just for convenience sake. Yeah, well, you know what? It to show make it that a good story. Well, it doesn't ruin the story either, especially because it's not about any of that spy <laughs> bullshit. I would rather talk about... Um, I would rather just not be there. I guess they could do that too. Uh, but I want to talk about the two private detectives in the film who live the homosexuals? Together. Yes, I want to <laughs> see a movie about them. I thought we did. Wasn't it the other guys with uh, Russell Crowe and um, uh, the handsome fella? Russell Crowe? No, from Drive. Ryan Gosling. Oh, that's the nice guys? The nice guys. The other guys is Will Ferrell and uh, the guy that beats up Vietnamese people. 
Mark Wahlberg. Yep. Yep. That guy. <laughs> that racist. <laughs> I don't actually think they're gay in that movie. I just make a joke. Oh. They could be. I've never seen it. Shane Black made that movie, so it's probably got weird pedophilia stuff in it. <laughs> There's probably just a weird pedophilia in it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, Shane Black hasn't been accused of pedophilia. Excuse me. I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. He's just friends with pedophiles and puts them in his movie. <laughs> Uh, no, I want to see fucking 19, late 70s, early 80s, West Berlin, two homosexual detectives on the beat. <laughs> I want to see what their life is like. Uh, that's like, fucking, what's going on in that film? They're not even really detectives, they're PIs. Yeah, and then obviously the climax of it is them getting wrapped up in this shit <laughs> and they get killed. But like, you know, you could do some other cool stuff <laughs> beforehand because... So it seems that there's probably crazy shit going on in West Berlin. Oh, West Berlin. I've met West Berlin. They got some great stuff going on in 81. Hell yeah, man. They got fucking... What are the secret police calls? Oh, it's in East Berlin. Though. Well, no, they have West Berlin, too. Now hmm. or what they were called in 81? Well, they were called back then. I don't remember. In 81, they would have been Russian operas. Putin was stationed in East Berlin, I think, at one point. Really? Yeah. Oh, he for, was... Uh, He's there and like, fucking, we've got to get rid of all this dance music. I actually think he was there when the Berlin Wall fell. Oh, really? I'm pretty he sure was he like was. desperately trying to put it back up. <laughs> Iron Curtain never fall. Fucking Putin. He couldn't, I mean, he was desperately trying to, but he could only pick up the little rocks. <laughs> the, it's one of, <laughs> that's a German accent. Yeah. <laughs> this one is too high. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he was in Germany. He had to do a German accent, so it makes sense. Mm, yeah, because he was undercover. <laughs> right. Undercover. Deep cover. I'm here for German. Vlad I am German, Putin. man. <laughs> See, I'm Noi. I am German. Uh, I'm how you I say... German. I'm how you say uh, German guy. I am how you say Russian guyovich. Fucking Putin. He's a dork. Kill him, too. Great. Now we're never going to be allowed in Russia. I don't think they let people just go party in Russia anyways. I know it's like the borders are kind of open. Like, you can kind of go there. But, like, I don't think they'd be like, oh, yeah, let's invite this uh, shitty American podcast to come tour in Russia. <laughs> Gotta be Rammstein to get into Russia. <laughs> I don't think they're really allowed in Russia either. Probably not anymore because they are kissing. Which is, like, even that's not that big a deal. They constantly act out gay sex on their stage shows. So, sure. You're talking about Rammstein or Russia? Rammstein. Russia's got some problems with gay with gay stuff right yeah, now. Yeah, I know, but like they, they knew what they were getting when they invited <laughs> Rammstein in there. Everyone knows that Till fucks the other guy in the ass and then shoots a bunch of like fake cum from a giant dildo. I think it should be confetti. That's funny. I mean, like, what if it's, I don't know, what if it's like milkshakes though? And then you'd be like, ah, milkshake. Nah, nom, 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 nom. sitting in there. It's probably warm by the time they do it. No, it's, he's got like an ice-cooled backpack. <laughs> fresh McFlurry coming out of there. <laughs> Uh, or if you shot flames, they use fire and a bunch of shit too. Maybe they oh, have a would be cool. dick that shoots Depending fire. On the song, Maybe they have a dick that shoots fire. I haven't seen what their live shows like in a while. Rammstein's pretty cool though. Let's see if there's anything in my notes here I want to bring up. Rammstein's from Berlin. This movie's actually about how Till Lindemann was born. I think. <laughs> oh, why the fuck did he fill their chests? Yeah, uh, so he does it with his son. Right, and he does it with Anna, like, in the scene right after that. And then he does it again with fake Anna, right? No, Anna does it to him later. Yeah. I don't know. There's some. This is what I mean. There's stuff in this movie that only the guy that made it understands. <laughs> and, like, so no one ever asked him or something? Because like, I was trying to find, like... Answers to this shit? Yeah, like, was there an interview where he talked about it more? And so there's barely any interviews with him at all. 
So like, no one just like in English. You should look for some Polish interviews. Learn Polish. Oh yeah, I should have done Google dot Is that yeah, what? I think it's PL. PL. Polski. Polish can't be that hard, right? It's just like completely different origin from English. <laughs> oh yeah, but there, when I was watching it, there's there's a scene where Heinrich shows up. At, uh, at Petey's house, and he's clearly on drugs, but before we know that he does drugs, I'm like, Heinrich's on drugs. I just thought he was drunk. I thought, no, people don't act like that when they're drunk. If you're really drunk, you do? <sighs> no, I don't I don't know, man. I don't think I've ever seen anybody act like that when they're You've drunk. You've never been drunk and in love with the euphoria of life, talking random bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's not why I drink. Oh, wait. I was You're thinking, like, oh, no, wait, that's ketamine. Well, no, I was thinking, like, every time, in, I was thinking of, like, times where I was like that from drinking. I was like, oh, no, I was mixing with that other shit. <laughs> ketamine ketamine does make you feel, like, super euphoric and stuff. But uh, I've been living in a K-hole. I've been living in a K-hole. Uh, oh, man, rest in peace with David Berman. It's been, like, a couple months now, but I miss that fellow. Mm-hmm. Silver Jews, man. The uh, Heinrich's mom. Do you have any thoughts on her? She seems like a pretty cool lady. She's just having a good time, kicking it with her son, drinking tea. Uh, she's she, really worried about his soul and where it went. Yeah, and she's like, Heinrich's dead, right? And he's like, hmm. And she's just kind of like, well, had to happen to him eventually. He was kind of an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? She doesn't seem that distraught about it. Well, she's old and she's going to die now. Yeah, that's true. Anna was really just playing it by ear with everything, right? There doesn't seem to have been. Well, I mean, she's in the midst of a, a midst of a metal breakdown brought on by the devil. Yeah, I guess like he broke her mind. Yeah, I mean, like by the time Pete gets home, it seems like she's already gone. Yeah, it's because she doesn't seem to have control of anything. But she's like rented the secret apartment. Did she rent it? We don't know that. Well, I guess she could be squatting. I, thought, I assume she was just squatting because it seemed like there's nothing there. Yeah, and it was kind of old. I don't know. I don't know what it was like in West Berlin. What was the housing market like? Did you just squat and shit? <laughs> I can't, uh, in 81, I can't imagine. It was great. Oh, you're saying that uh, capitalism doesn't always directly benefit the people that are under capitalism? Maybe I don't know. It, that's it, the Germans now, and they're capitalism. I forget. Equally as much as the Soviet Union. <laughs> well, let's see how the, so- the East Berlin was doing under Soviet rule. Probably all right. They just weren't allowed to party. <laughs> no partying. That's it for possession. Yeah, we're going to cut that last 20 minutes. Yeah, I forgot what we left off on. Basically, it's a pretty good movie. It's pretty weird. It can only be understood really by the guy that directed it, but it's worth watching. Just a warning, though, it is like pretty weird. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, It's it's a weird one. It's also emotionally intense. So if people yelling and stuff gets you uncomfortable, just let you know that, you know, that'll happen. Also, Sam Neill beats his wife at one point in the movie. Yeah, we so. don't really go into that. That's not, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like that part. It's, uh, like, so it is visualized really well. Like, it, you know, how it transpires and takes place. But it still is just kind of like, I don't know, that's, you don't know what the intention of the scene is without talking to the director directly about it which <laughs> it's hard to why would you that's the scene where you'd want to kind of put a stance on it right but in at the end of the scene it seems like 
it's not like there's no bad guy here you know what i mean yeah and like she even is like oh it's no big deal so it's kind of like uh uh, but she's crazy, so maybe... Yeah, I don't believe anything she says. Yeah, so maybe it was a big deal. It seemed like a big deal to me. <laughs> that would been it for Sam Neill. Heinrich should have came over and fucking karate did him to death. <laughs> but then Heinrich tries to rape her later, too. So, so yeah, again, he doesn't want to impose his will on anybody, except for right now in this specific yeah, instance. Casual... And unless you go against him, then he's going to impose his will. That's casual misogyny of most of human history, I guess. Perpetuated quite openly... In film, in the 80s and the 70s, in the 90s, 90s. aughts, up until recently. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that's always like, oh, oh, this auteur, director, it's like, well, he might, he's probably going to be an asshole. <laughs> he's probably kind of a dick. Well, I guess you have to be, a, to be an auteur director, you have to be kind of a control freak. Same thing like a politician, right? And like control you, freaks you are You got to be not. able to just like tell, you got to be like, I'm the best, I know what I'm doing, no one else knows shit. Yeah. I'm going to yell at you, you dickhead. Oh, well, that's it for Possession, VHS Cole. What's up next? Uh, Reanimator. It'll be more fun. Oh, Sam Neill again. No, Sam Neill's not Reanimator. Wasn't he Reanimator? Nope. Who am I thinking of? Uh, I don't know. There's not... There's the horror, people that are horror famous that are in Reanimator, hmm. but not... He was in a... He was in a Sam Neill is in another horror movie in the 80s that reminds me of like a Lovecraftian thing. I have to go back and... I'm going to go through his, oh. his, uh, his, his IMDb. His filmography? Yeah. Anyways, yeah, VHS well, Cole. Rema- reanimator, watch the next. Uh, go to adventureproductions.com. Check out. Yeah, check out some shit. And, uh. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs>